Hello and welcome to Bible 101. Please follow us on Podbean. This helps us become more visible to other people that need to hear the gospel. Also, this weekend, I am very happy to announce we will be doing an interview with Pastor Davis, and this will be very exciting. You'll want to hear that for sure. Please enjoy this lesson. Hello and welcome to Bible 101. Today I'm very happy to announce that we have a special guest Bible study. It's going to be done by Brother Eric Feeman. Brother Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, brother. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself before you begin? I'm sure. Um, I have attended True Tabernacle Church here for um, over 30 years. I've been uh, taught and mentored by uh, Pastor Davis and uh, have good, strong friends like Brother Mills here. And I've been uh, raised in this church and been filled with the Holy Ghost for over 30 years. So I just want to do... appreciate the opportunity to uh, be able to do this today. Okay, with that introduction, I'm going to go ahead and let him get started. Brother Eric, go ahead. All right, thank you, brother. Um, First of all, just to uh, get started here, I want to um, start off by kind of explaining how this little lesson came about. Um, Just talking to my children about uh, some of their their schoolwork and stuff. They are homeschooling. We we, uh, teaching them at home, we come across some stuff. We're talking about the the skeletal structure of someone and how that their uh, the frame of their body is what gives them the strength to be able to walk and to uh, go places to get up out of bed and to climb steps and to for them as children to be able to jump and run and play. And uh, so I begin to correlate the two between how that happens in our physical body and then how that also happens in our spiritual life and growing and uh, building um, strong structure for God. And uh, so I, I begin to think about that, and then and then also thinking about the uh, um, foundation that God has given us. The Bible talks about that God is, that the church is built up on a rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And uh, realize that God has given us the foundation, but that the structure is um, up to us. And uh, so a lot of times we realize that uh, we we rely on the on the foundation to hold us steady, but we got to realize that um, we also contribute to living for God. The Bible tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And so um, I began to assemble this together and uh, just come up with a little lesson here and was kind of amazed how some of these things correlate together. And so the first uh, scripture I was going to actually read um, begins in uh, Mark chapter 1 and verse uh, 17, and it says, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make ye fishers of men. And if you notice here um, that it says that he will make you fishers of men. Uh, This means that they was not everything that they needed to be. They wasn't where God wanted them to be, but he had a plan to make them into what he wanted them to be. And along along the way, God gave them a lot of examples that they had to follow and a lot of things that um, they had to um, learn in the process, we know that there was times where they came to Jesus and asked for him to increase their faith. And uh, that we came, they came to Jesus and asked him to teach them to pray. So a lot of things that even though they were followers of, of God and even though they were disciples, there's a lot of things they didn't fully have understanding of, a lot of things they didn't actually know. And so um, that is how it is even for me being a teacher um, and teaching different uh, segments of uh lessons throughout my um, life here, uh, teaching in nursing facilities and even in prisons and different things like that, that we come in 
can, we come across people who uh, have different walks of life and different age brackets and things. And along the way, I realized that the only way I can teach them anything is I have to have a willingness to learn. And in uh, doing so, that's why uh, I mentioned in my um, opening remark there that uh, having a pastor to to glean from and learn from has been a big help to me and big strength. Uh, been able to learn so much that I've been able to take the lessons that I've learned from him and to instruct others. Um, but the Going back to the title of the lesson is Building Strong Structure. And um, I began to realize that if we are ever going to please God and fully live for Him, few things are more important than structure. And just to go to the word structure, uh, the noun arrange, it means the arrangements of relations between and parts or elements of something complex. Um, the verb would be construct or arrange according to a plan given a pattern or organization to. Uh, you could also correlate the words with arrange, organize, order, assemble, construct, or build. Um, Structure is something that uh, many of times we see uh, maybe troubled teens or um, older folk who've had got their life into a wreck uh, is something that is lacking in their life. And um, maybe it happened as a small child. They didn't have a, the proper childhood. They didn't, wasn't taught structure by their parents. And so because of that, they able to, uh, get into a place where they feel hopeless and they feel like they'll never be able to build their life into anything. And uh, we're going to finish up on that note, but uh, going back to the original part we're here, um, talking about how that God created the heaven and earth back in, Ge- in Genesis. God took chaos, and the Bible says that the earth was void and without, uh, was dark and void, and, and uh, that He took that and began to uh, present light to darkness and to bring order and to the universe. And so we see that he breathed breath into, into man. And he didn't just form man, but then he gave him the means in which he needed to live. And But also we see that man fell into sin because he had the moral option to be able to serve God or to, to obey God's laws. And so God can give us everything we need to live for him spiritually, but it's up to us whether or not we're going to actually apply them into our life. And uh, structure is part of that, building structure. Uh, the next segment of scripture I'm going to read comes from Psalms chapter 40 and verse 2. And uh, if you have a Bible with you there, uh, where you're listening, you can follow along with me. Um, it says, he brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. And uh, we can talk about many a times about how people that God has delivered from drugs and alcohol are delivered from uh, horrible lifestyles and has put them upon a rock and established the goings. Uh, given us the, it gives us the, uh, the illustration there that God has given us the foundation in which to build our lives, but we have to follow more than just a couple of scriptures. Um, going to a car, carnal analogy here real quick, um, something that when I taught, was able to teach to some college students, we added this in and they thought it was pretty neat. So I thought I would go ahead and, and include it in the lesson today. And that's the little story about the um, three little pigs, about how that they built uh, houses, and one was made out of straw, and one was made out of stick. The other was made out of uh, brick. And if you begin to look around, it's a whole lot easier to find straw and sticks than it is to find brick. And that's why when we're trying to build doctrine and trying to build truth in our life, sometimes it's so easy just to go to the simple little scriptures and point out one or two and try to build our life on that. 
But it's a lot, it takes a lot more time and a lot more digging to actually find the truth of God's Word. It takes more than just one scripture. It takes more than just one uh, verse or in one little study session. But to actually develop, in, to develop your doctrine into something that becomes more than just a belief, but into a uh, revelation, is, it takes more time than that. It takes time of prayer. It takes time of study. And uh, that's what you can realize as you begin to develop a relationship with God, that the more you pray, the more you want to pray. That the uh, more you um, live for God, the, the better you get at it, but the least you feel like you know about it. And so uh, there's so much to, um, to develop here. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to uh, get on into some more scriptures here. Ephesians 4, chapter 11, I'm sorry, cha- chapter 4, verse 11, verse through 13. Uh, the Bible gives us some instructions here, and we're going to go there briefly. Again, if you have a Bible there, you can flip over there with us. Um, I don't want you to um, think that uh, I'm telling you something that ain't true, so go in there and look it up for yourself. If I can get my fingers turning here. And it says in verse um, 11, and it says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ that when he henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine the sight of men and coming craftiness whereby ye lay and wait and deceive. But speaking in truth and love may grow into him in all things which is the head even Christ from the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by, by that which even joint supplieth according to the eventual working in the measure of every part maketh increase in the body and to the edifying of itself in love. And so here we talk, it talks about that um, the winds of doctrine coming. And um, I begin to think about the winds of doctrine and begin to think about how storms come in people's life. And um, the one example that came to mind was the uh, story of Job and how that the devil was deceived into thinking that um, Job, that his, uh, his, him serving God was based on his blessings. But he found out later that Job's living for God was based on his structure, that Job had uh, developed something with God that went beyond just the blessings that God gave him. But it was the continual daily fearing God, eschewing evil, uh, living for God on a daily basis where he proved to God that God could brag about him and say, hey, devil, have you considered my servant Job, how he is perfect and upright and one that fears God and eschews evil? And the devil began to think, well, you know, if you take all that away, he's going to curse you to his face, to your face. But then we find out that Job later on says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And the devil got to realizing that he had made a mistake, that the, the reason why that uh, Job was able to serve God was because that he had developed something with God. It wasn't based on um, happenstance. It wasn't based upon maybe that he got lucky. It wasn't based on the fact that he got blessed, but it was based on something that he had built with God. And uh, refer, making reference to young people today, sometimes we get so stuck in a rut where we trust mom and dad or we trust um, pastor, our pastors and uh, think that everything that they say is true, so we're just going to hold it dear to us and say that that's what I believe. And then when we get out on our own, we get tested with things and winds of life begin to blow. You're going to need that relationship with God to hold you 
steady with God, to hold you together. Um, Because the foundation is strong, and we know that God has given us this foundation, but you must have structure to be built up. The thing about structure, if you walk into a building, you begin to look around. The structure is not what you see. You see the decorations. You see everything that looks good. You see uh, the carpet. You see the painting. Uh, You see maybe decorations on the walls. And everything that appeals to the eye. And that's sometimes what we look at as Christians. We look at the outside. We see what everything that looks good. But what we don't see is the structure that it took to build them into making them look like a Christian. Uh, so many people some, sometimes look the epitome of a Christian, but when the storms of life come, this, the structure begins to crumble because it wasn't built upon a relationship with God. Um, and so we got to uh, realize that if we're going to get to the place where we're going to please God, that we have to, uh, it's a daily walk with God. It's a uh, continual uh, living for Him. I know as a young child, as I begin to uh, develop into a teenage uh, into a teenage life, I begin to watch and listen and begin to learn a lot of things from watching my father and my mother who took me to church consistently. And uh, I, would, I would learn that there was some structure there. I didn't have to ask whether or not you know, we were going to church. didn't have to ask whether um, we were going to go to the church to pray or we were going to pray that evening. Uh, many a nights hearing my, my parents pray by my bedside or praying to tuck me in at night. Um, these are things that led me to when I became an adult to realize that I needed to do these same things. If I was going to have a good life, if I was going to live for God, that I had to uh, correlate that structure into my life. And uh, that leads me to the story of the prodigal son. And for the sake of time, I will skip reading it, but it's found in Luke chapter 15. You can start reading at verse 11. But it talks about the prodigal son, and it says that he had uh, requested his inheritance. And so I began to realize, to think about that, and we always think about the prodigal son was a, a rebellious young man who, who left his father's house and went in, and, uh, into doldrums of sin and began to even eat from the pig slop and all that. But what we don't see is that, or what we forget to, we fail to realize is that the prodigal son uh, did have an inheritance coming. And him to ask for his inheritance maybe wasn't necessarily wrong. He had it coming, it was belonged to him, but it was what he did with the inheritance that made it wrong. What he did with what uh, he had received, he wasted it. He plundered it. He uh, used it uh, for riotous living, the Bible says. And so uh, uh, sometimes it's not the fact that the structure doesn't exist, but it's the fact that we don't know how to properly apply it to our life. And so uh, we can so many times get to the place where we rely upon the prayers of our pastor, we re- rely upon the prayers of a saint of God that we have grown to trust, but a difference than when we have to actually pray the prayer of faith for ourselves, that we have to actually pray ourselves out of a problem. Um, and so many times, just like what had happened to Job, we don't learn to um, appreciate how bad things, how good things are until we know how bad they was. We don't know how to appreciate what it's like to live a life of freedom and liberty in God until you've actually been bound or addicted by something. And so, so it's so easy to take for granted what God has blessed us with. Uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost is the, um, the Bible says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And uh, turning to 1 Peter chapter 2 and uh, verse 5, it says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And, uh, so we see here that we are built up and talks about building. And 
I began to think about how um, we build houses and build structure. Um, I know nothing much about these kind of things, and uh, we was going to do some remodeling in our house. And uh, just to kind of give you a little analogy here, um, um, I had some relatives who were doing some work for us, and they, they know all about the building part. And me and my bright ideas thought I had a good idea that I was going to knock out this center, this part of the wall here and, and extend the room, make it a little bit bigger, uh, more, more room for the family to be able to have uh, living space and whatever. And uh, they began to kind of chuckle and laugh at me and say, uh, if we remove that wall, um, the whole party, you know, the whole ceiling will, or will begin to cave in, that uh, it will begin to uh, lose its strength and, and collapse and fall down. And little did I know that what the wall that I was wanting to remove was the support beam for the house. And so, um, you know, that kind of brought about a little bit of joking, a little bit of laughing from family members that I didn't know that. But I began to think about how that correlates with so many people's lives, that sometimes we try to remove things out of our life that we actually need in order to build structure. Um, things that people try to remove from their life is authority. Things that people try to remove from their life is having the, uh, a man of God, a preacher to guide them and direct them, maybe even just listening to advice or listening to um, um, instructions. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times we're bullheaded and we'll get this little box that has everything in it we need to build something. And along with it comes an instruction manual. But if we sometimes we throw this instruction manual to the side and begin to try to do it on our own and get it all together to realize we missed an important step. And, uh, that is the worst thing that could happen is, is when we get to the point in our life where we feel like we've got it all together and we don't need someone else to show us or to help us. And so those are, that's something that you can take out of your life that you need, that support, that support beam that holds everything that you will ever become together. Other things that we can throw out of our life is our daily devotion with God, st uh, study, uh, studying the Word of God. The Bible has said that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so we must have the daily uh, study. And, and, and Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a work when it needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we have to put these things in our life. And if we remove them, then the structure becomes weak. Uh, other things that can be removed is uh, daily prayer life, having a prayer life, a relationship with God which is what builds a strong structure. And so building these things together, I begin to think about how there is a lot of building up in everything. You think about education. You don't just hand a five-year-old an algebra problem, but you must first teach them in kindergarten, two plus two and four plus four, and then teach them the multiplication tables along the uh, line. Then they learn division and they learn fractions and it goes all the way up until where now they're able to comprehend formulas and they're able to uh, you know, learn things that, uh, teenagers begin to learn, and, and you, it ain't something you just hand a kid and say, well, that kid's dumb because he doesn't understand. And the Bible says that God's ways are so much higher than our ways and his thoughts and our thoughts. So we got to rely upon God and his word and, and take baby steps in this thing when we begin to learn. That's why I'm not throwing stones at, at those who don't speak in tongues and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right off the bat because it's a learning process. People go to go to great extent to study and learn the word of God. And the Bible says, when you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But uh, the Bible also talks about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. But you cannot worship in, in, tr in truth if you first don't know the truth. And so 
that's where this study became about is building structure in our uh, in our life and our daily devotion in our prayer life, but then building structure to our doctrine, building structure to why we believe what we believe. And uh, you can't first you you can't serve God and know who and and worship Him unless you first know who He is. And the Bible talks about different times that God has told us who He is. He said, I and my Father are one, and I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So these things let us know who Jesus is and who uh, we are supposed to serve and how we're supposed to worship. The Bible says, Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And so it's very important and believe in why we and, and believe in what we believe, and explaining that and not being able just to say, "Well, I believe it because that's what so and so said," but to build some structure into why we believe what we believe. Um, the best way to uh, bring about um, that as an example would be the story of Cornelius, a devout man, a man who gave alms to God and prayed always. We a lot of people would look at that today in today's uh, viewpoint, they would begin to say, well, Cornelius was saved. Cornelius had it all together. He was a good man. He prayed. He gave alms. He did a lot of things that every average, everyday Christians do. But the Bible says that God still said he lacked something and he had to send him a man of God, had him send him somebody to tell him what he needed to do. In the meantime, the neat thing about God is when he begins to build something, that he does it on both ends. He sends the man of God to uh somebody that's hungry, but he sends the hungry heart. He lets the hungry heart know that there's, a, there's something else there. There's more, there's more for you. And the Bible says that no man cometh to God unless the Spirit of God draw him. And so that is what is so good about, about God is that he begins to draw people and puts them in a certain place where they can hear truth. He put them in, maybe it's somebody today that is uh, searching for God and don't know all the answers. And God has maybe led them to a place where they can click on this little podcast and listen and begin to learn something from the Word of God. Not necessarily for me because it's me that's teaching it, but because it's from the Word of God, because it's from the Bible, and it's something that God wants them to know. Um, and other scriptures we can read, um, different, different ones, um, but reading from Ephesians 5, 29 and 30 through 32. Um, Ephesians um, 5, 29 through 32. Follow with me if you got a Bible handy there. Um, Ephesians is right before Galatians, and or I'm sorry, fo- uh, following Galatians, right after Galatians, and we'll turn to Ephesians five twenty nine through thirty two. So, let's see if I'm right here, five twenty nine through thirty two. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it, and even the Lord, the church. For we are all members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. We see here that the Bible talks about the, uh, correlating the relationship that we have with God to the relationship of a man and a wife. Um, thinking, um, thinking about um, how God created Adam and then made him a helpmeet. Uh, this is where a good segment of this little lesson is going to come from, is that God reached into man and took a piece of him and made woman. 
The peace that God took is, is interesting because it is the bone of a man. It is part of his structure that God took out of the man and put into the woman and began to uh, make her into what he wanted her to be. And so what God has done for us is he's reached in and taken a little bit of his structure and put it in our lives, and then we have to build it from there. And so we are, the Bible says that, that Eve was bone of Adam's bone and flesh of his flesh. And then here we see the correlation to where the Bible says we are bone of bone and flesh of flesh. And so then I begin to, to this is where my kids' um, schoolwork led me into thinking more about the skeletal structure of a person. Uh, we see that uh, some people that um, go to gym to gyms and work out and begin to build their structure structure into making them strong and uh, building big structure and strong structure. And the way they did that is by a daily plan, maybe a workout plan or having a personal trainer come along and teach them about what they need to lift. They need to lift this. So they need to lift so much of this and they need to eat this way and, 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 uh, uh, discipline their body to, to do certain things so that they can, be as strong as they possibly can. And that is how it is when we're building up our spiritual body, is the body of, of Christ, the church that is built, uh, that's being built up. We must have a, a daily uh, consistent um, structure. And a structure that, uh, one way to um, explain structure might be predictability, that God can count on you. He can count on you to be where you need to be. He can count on you to do what he has called us to do. He can count on us to be involved in the work of God. He can call, count on us to do something uh, besides just uh, sit there and enjoy the blessings of God, but maybe to contribute, to, to be a part of the work of God. He can count on uh, Job to be uh, faithful. He can count on um, Cornelius to still seek God, even though he didn't know the fullness of the truth, but he could still count on him. Um, we look and see that God uh, delivered Daniel from the lion's den. And he did so because Daniel was predictable. He knew that three times a day Daniel was going to be praying. And uh, the neat thing about that is when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, the Bible says that not one bone on his body was broken. That So that they, they didn't even break any of his bones. But then we find out later that the people who th- threw Daniel into the lion's den, when Daniel was delivered, they threw them in. And the Bible says that their bones were crushed. And so we begin to uh, realize that when you build strong structure and you become predictable, that God will keep you together. But when there is no structure and there is no predictability, God doesn't know what he gets out of you, that it's easily to be crushed. Um, I begin to also think about how the, the bones correlate with um, anointing and with uh, power. Uh, we know that the story about um, Elisha uh, being receiving the double portion from Elijah. Um, the Bible says that Elisha was due, had asked of God to give him a double portion. And then we see that Elisha died completing only 13 miracles, even though Elijah had completed seven. And so it looked like that the double portion maybe fell one miracle short until we see that uh, the Moabites were, were needing a place to, to bury a dead man and uh, in their haste and, and hustle, they, be, they opened up the tomb and threw the dead body in. And when the dead man touched the bones, touched the structure of Elisha, uh, it came back to life again, letting us know that uh, the resurrection is 
completely directed to structure. It's, they, they connect. There's a connection there. We find out later on that uh, Jeremiah talked about the Word of God being uh, something that was burning and it was like a fire, but it didn't say it was shut up inside of his belly. It didn't say it was shut up inside of his uh, inward being, into his, inside of his heart, but it was shut up inside of his bones. Um, there was something about his structure that had something in it that, uh, that he just couldn't help but tell somebody what God had done for him. He couldn't just help but tell somebody that uh, God had set him free and delivered him and, and what God could do and was going to do for the nation. And the prophecies that came from him, he, just, he couldn't help but tell it. He had to uh, prophesy. He had to speak it because something was burning inside of his structure. And so that's, what it, that's the way it is when the stronger your structure gets, the more winds of, and more, more pressure you're able to take. Um, I'm talking to a relative who d- did some building that said, uh, a lot of times, you know, for simple structures, they just assemble things together with a simple uh, nail and maybe a hammer or even a nail gun. But uh, that if you wanted something to be uh, extra, you, you'll double the lumber. You will um, use screws instead of nails. You may uh, use a different type of uh, instrument or a different type of tool to make sure that it is um, stronger. And uh, that's what preaching does to us it sometimes comes along and says you need to change this about your life you need to use something a little bit different you need to go about it a different way you need to focus more on truth and less on fables you need to, to uh, focus more on the truth of God's word and less on what man's opinion is and so a lot of times that's where we get lost in in the shuffle is we we tend to lean on our own opinion and lean on our own uh, set of ideas and we got to learn to trust in God and, and the structure that he's given us. Um, another thing about structure, about the bones that I began to think about was when I began to think about uh, Jesus uh, and everything that he went through on the day of the crucifixion. The um, Bible talks about him being slapped and spit on and, and, and cursed and, and beat with the cat of nine tails and all of these things making him unrecognizable giving us a great example of sometimes how we are in our flesh. Sometimes our flesh is a mess, and we look at it and we think, we, how could anybody even recognize us as a Christian? How could anybody ever think we are ever going to be anything? Our, our flesh is just a mess. But the Bible says when Jesus hung on the cross, that not one bone on his body was broken. And so we see that the structure of God was still intact. And again, bringing to the fact that if God was ever going to be resurrected, he had to still have structure. If Jesus was ever going to come out of the tomb, it was because there was still structure that was not broken, structure that was still strong that could get him out of that tomb. And if sometimes we realize that if we got to die out to this flesh, we got to die, we got to repent of our sins and be baptized in Jesus' name in the burial. But if we're ever going to resurrect, we got to have a little bit of structure for the Spirit of God to dwell in. The Bible says that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which we have. It is not your own, but you are bought with a price. Wherefore, glorify God in your bodies. And so we uh, understand that structure is what makes, it, makes us strong. Um, and thinking about Jesus and how that um, his, not, his structure was held to his resurrection began to make me think about how so many times we get into a situation where we don't think there's any hope. And uh, talking about uh, the flesh being a mess and and things being uh, distorted and tore up in our life and, 
And uh, maybe, you know, what you wanted to be, it doesn't even seem even in the picture. Everything you thought you had for your life went down the tubes. Um, you had a bad home life, had a bad upbringing, maybe, uh, you know, maybe done wrong by even a preacher or maybe done wrong by religiosity, by people who practiced being a Christian but um, didn't know everything there was to know. They let people down. Um, and people get discouraged and people um, die out and realize that uh, I don't have anything that worth living for. My life is a mess. And I'm reminded of the story that um, I'm going to take us to here um, in Ezekiel chapter 37. And I am going to read some of this here. Ezekiel 37. Okay, so reading from Ezekiel uh, 37 and 1 through 14. It says, And the hand of the Lord is upon me, and carried me into the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered him, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter in unto you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am God. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied there was a noise. Behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them ab above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain, that thou shalt may live. And so I prophesied, and he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived, and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of the Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, and our hope is lost, and we are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my Lord, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And we'll stop reading right there. And I, I tell this story because leading up to it, I was talking about, um, about how people feel like there is no hope and their structures, their, the bones that maybe they once had the structure that they, maybe there was a little bit, maybe they never had much structure, but maybe it was somebody who had taught them something in Sunday school, an old Sunday school teacher a grandmother who prayed or a grandfather who maybe taught maybe something about the Bible that put just a, a little bit of structure, but it's been years, it's been removed, it's been dry, it's been dead, it's been, um, it's old, and no one thinks that there's any hope for that. And God's asking today, can these bones live? Can your structure become strong again? Well, what, and the answer to that is according to you. It's up to you whether or not you can live, whether or not you can build structure. But what you have to be willing to do is to adhere to the preaching of the prophet. The man of God begins to prophesy, begins to preach the word of God, and begins to uh, tell, tell us what the word of God says. 
then God can begin to breathe life back into dry, dead bones, back into a structure that has been uh, depleted, back to a structure that has, has decayed and fallen away. And we think, well, it'll never be anything. But God says, listen to the preaching. Adhere to what the man of God has to say. And God can help put your life back together again. Um, correlating all of that, and the Bible talks about how he said to prophesy to the wind, and the wind began to blow. And when the wind began to blow, then the structure began to get back together again. And that leads us to where we see what happened on the day of Pentecost. And uh, going back to why I read in Mark chapter 1, Jesus said he was going to make them fishers of men. And it was a process. It was a, le- it was a lot that led up to it. He showed them how to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. He showed them that in order to uh, receive what you wanted from God, you had to pray out of your flesh and into the Spirit. Not our will, but your will be done. And dying out to our flesh is how you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you realize that, that the old man has to die. And the Apostle Paul said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so we look at it and we say, well, how, how can I make this happen? How can I get the structure that I once, the little pieces that are there, little fragments that are broken? How can I get it all back together? How can I build my life the way that God wants me to build it? You listen to the preaching. And just like they asked the, the Apostle Peter, Men and brethren, what must we do? And then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But leading up to that, we find out that the Apostle Peter, he didn't have the Holy Ghost. And the Apostles and Mary, the mother of Jesus, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. And God was leading them to a place. He led them as far as to Bethany, lifted up his hands and blessed them, and said, Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. That same power is what's going to put uh, the broken bones, the broken fragmented uh, pieces of structure back together again. And again, like we said, um, the wind of God began to blow on the bones in Ezekiel's vision. Then the wind of God began to blow on the day of Pentecost. And it says, And the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. It appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire it set up on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And the wind of the Holy Ghost began to blow, like, or the Holy Ghost came like a mighty rushing wind, just like the wind that Ezekiel prophesied to and began to pick up those bones and put them back together again. That's what the Holy Ghost can do to your life. That's what the Holy Ghost has done to my life. And that's what the Holy Ghost can continue to do if you will let him. Listen to the man of God. Listen to the preaching. And the, the neat thing that was talked about there at the very end of that uh, segment of Scripture is the Bible talks about they that gladly received the word were baptized and they were added into the church about 3,000 souls. So if we're ever going to be added to the church and to the body of Christ, we have to have some structure. We have to have a point where God can start working on us. And that is when we gladly receive the word of God when we allow it to change us and to make us into something we never thought possible. Um, God can fix your life and totally change it. And uh, I just wanted to uh, bring that out today of talking about how that structure has been put in my life, has put me to the place where I am today. Not that I everything I want to be, but I'm striving to be everything that God wants me to be. And I'm trying harder every day. And uh, that's what has brought me to the place where I could teach because I'm willing to get to the place where I say, God, I don't know all the answers, but I'm willing to study, I'm willing to learn, and I'm willing to put your truth in my heart so that I can please you. 
Bible says, His word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. And that's what I've, that's what I've done. That's what's led me to this point to be able to teach this little lesson today is putting the word of God in our heart so that we can please Him and build the strongest structure possible. That way in these trying times in which we live in, uh, the, the times of the, la- the days that are winding up and we're getting into the last of the last days, in these times we know that we need strong structure as the wind begins to blow and the devil begins to fight. Uh, going back to the three little pigs, as he begins to huff and puff, he can't blow the house down because you took time to build it with strong structure. And so that's where I wanted to end that up today. I'm going to turn it back to you, Mills. Thank you, Brother Eric, for that awesome lesson. Would you please lead us in a word of prayer before we close? Yes, sir. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to teach your word. Thank you, Jesus, for what little bit you've allowed me to know. Thank you, God, for the structure that's in my life that's been taught to me through a man of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have the, uh, this gift in earthen vessels and that, God, we're able to uh, build on it and make it stronger. God, we hope that it's what we succeeded with today in this lesson, that someone would find their need in you and find their, and get a desire in their heart to build something, God, to realize that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. And, God, we ask you to be with us, to be with those that listen to this. And, God, uh, get us to the place where we need to be, where we can, be, we can withstand the test of time and let the winds of, the, of doubt and depression and all the things that blow our way, that we can stand strong in this last day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.